If you would, take your Bibles this morning to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. It's, um, it's no secret that we live in a world that is consumed with uh, being the best or always winning or um, having the, the victory. Um, one of the, the, the most annoying things in sports is when your team is in a tournament or something and they've lost every game, maybe they're playing for last place or second to last place, they're losing in that game by 30 points and the cheerleaders start chanting, we're number one, you know, we're number one, um, you know, or we're the best, we're better than all the, all the rest. And uh, we, we're kind of consumed. We want to be the best or we, we have to be the best. And we all kind of have our different opinions about what it means to to be the best or to have uh, victory in our life. And unfortunately, most of us to, uh, in our flesh have a wrong view of what it means to live a victorious life or have victory in life. We, we look at society around us. We, we look at uh, other people's lives and we think, well, you know, I, I'm better than them, so therefore I, I must be living victoriously. Or, or if I had what they had or I could be like them, then I would have a victorious life. Maybe we want the, the financial resources they have or the personality that they have or or the spouse, or the family, or you know, the kids, or whatever. And, and it's sad because we even teach this to our, our children. And you know, if you're not the best, can I, can I set things straight right now? There's nothing in your life that you're the best at. Let's be honest, right? There's always somebody better at whatever you're doing in life. If you're an athlete, if you're a musician, uh, whatever it is in life, um, if you think you're good looking, there's always somebody better looking. There's always somebody more talented. There's always somebody that put in more work that, that is better. And so if we're looking at this victorious life from a humanistic perspective, we're never going to be satisfied. We're never going to reach that point. Because as soon as we think that we've arrived, guess what happens? Somebody else comes along that shows that we're not as great as we, great as we think we are. And the sad truth is many Christians live with the same mindset. We're, we're so wrapped up in what the world says is the life that we should live and what we should have and who we should be in life. But God tells us that victory for us, only comes through Jesus Christ. We sang that song last week. It's one of my favorite songs. It's probably the first hymn as a teenager that I remember uh, learning. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory. You know, it, it is sad that even Christians, that have, people that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, are miserable in life. Wait a minute. Don't you understand who you are in Christ I love 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul tells us, but thanks be to God, which giveth us victory. God gives us victory through our church, through our service, through our giving, through our finances. That's not what he says. He says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have the greatest victory in life. Really, you have the only true victory that there is in this world. Victory truly comes through Jesus Christ. And I wish, I wish I could just get it through the, the hard skulls of every Christian. I mean, we, we, we struggle. We say it. 
We say that we believe it, but then we turn around and we live our lives as if we're defeated and deflated and if we're struggling for some reason because we're so wrapped up in the material things of this life. Well, if my kid's not the best, if my kid's not at the front, if my kid isn't having the most attention and isn't glorified, then then my life isn't what it's supposed to be. Listen, you're fooling yourself and you're really deflating yourself. You know, it's sad that many of the most miserable people in this world are Christians. But it's not because of their relationship with God or a lack thereof. It's because of, of what they have or don't have or how they're treated here in this life. Hey, listen, my value in life and my victory isn't determined by how you treat me. All right? It, it isn't. It's determined by the fact that I'm a child of God because I have been saved by the glorious blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm a part of his family. We sing songs like, I'm a child of the king. Listen, I believe it. And I live it. I tell people every day, kiss my ring. I'm a child of the king. I mean, let's go. Come on. This is who I am. Really, we should understand who we are in Jesus Christ. But we get our eyes off of that. We get our focus on how people treat us or what's going on in our world. And and we lose sight of that. Victory only comes through Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, you can win a a national championship in sports, and guess what? In a few weeks, nobody cares. You can put on a great music performance, and guess what? They'll be going to see somebody else play music and do their music performance. They'll move on. We'll all die, and we'll leave this world, and, and most of us will be forgotten immediately. Maybe some will be remembered for a little while. But because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and he has placed his righteousness in me, I have true victory. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, he goes on to say, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, I, when I read that verse, I have a picture of, you know, people serving God and whistling and just excited about the day and loving life. And uh, that's not normally what happens, though. A lot of times people are serving God and they're like grumbling and complaining. And they're miserable in it. And listen, don't you understand who you are and what you have and what God has done? Hey, listen, I could have the worst day in the world today, but guess what? I'm still a child of the king. There's a new song out that says, on my worst day, I'm a child of God. And on my best day, I'm a child of God. My circumstances don't change that. I'm a child of God, and I have victory through Jesus Christ. And when we come to John chapter 12, where we are right now, Jesus has uh, these Greeks that have come to him. And, and of course, you know, there's those that are trying to kill him, and uh, there are those that are wanting to see him. And these Greeks, they come to him through Philip and Andrew, and they come, and they say, these guys, these people, they want to see you. And Jesus begins to answer them, and he begins to teach And he says, the hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you. And he begins to teach through this parable, this truth. He says, I really want you, I really want you to understand. And so this morning, as we look at this passage, I I have seven points. And, 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 And David gasped when he saw them, like seven points. And listen, we'll still be done on time, I promise you. All right, but I don't want you to miss the, the truths that we see in this passage about these seven points and about what it means to be uh, living a victorious life. Father, thank you for your word today. I thank you for Jesus Christ and the salvation that we have in him. 
And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to understand these truths today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, the reality is, if we were to go around the room right now, uh, we can make each other miserable. Like, if I were to start over here and I said, tell me what's going wrong in your life. I mean, everyone, boom, boom, boom. And you know what? It probably wouldn't take long. It's at the tip of your tongue. What's going wrong in your life? Tell me something, somebody's, how they mistreated you. Bam, go right down the line, all the way across. We could just fill up volumes of books about all the troubles and trials and the problems and the people that hate us. We could just fill up volumes of books. Listen, that's not changed throughout history. We live in a fallen, sinful world. We live amongst fallen, sinful people. All of us have troubles and trials and struggles. And in the midst of that, God tells us that we have victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what we have to do is we have to change our perspective and our way of thinking and get our mind off of the material things of this life and, as God tells us, set our affection on things above. We should be looking to God and the eternal things that have value. So number one, we see victory in Jesus Christ gives us victory over death. He says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So Jesus begins to tell them and he says, listen, there's a, if a corn of wheat falls and dies, it is then able to bring much fruit. And he's telling them about his very own death. You see, Christ came to die for the sins of the world. Many of the people did not understand that. They didn't know what was going on, but he's trying to teach them, I'm going to die, and when I die, I will be buried for three days, and I will rise again. That's the gospel message. But he's dying for your sin and for my sin. And because Christ conquered death, so we can have victory over death as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I read those verses there at the end of that chapter. But all throughout that chapter, Paul's been dealing with the topic of, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how important that is. And he comes just before these verses and he asks the question, O death, where is thy sting? The sting of death is the grave. But guess what? We have victory over that. Because Christ rose again and has victory over death. So this morning, we have to come to the place where we understand if we have turned from our sin and accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have been given new life, but we've also been given victory over death. You know, some of the sweetest times in my life, I've been in a hospital room or in somebody's home that, of a believer that has served God and they're just at peace. And they say something like, Pastor, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Why? Because the Bible tells us for a believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You see, many people in our world, they fear death. And we live in a world that's constantly trying to figure out how to keep people from dying. And, and so we have medicines and machines and equipment and all these things, treatments that we're going through, all with the idea of trying to keep people alive. But rest assured, it is appointed unto men once to die. That is a reality of life. The machine might keep you alive for a week or a year or 10 years, but ultimately, if Jesus Christ tarries, we are all going to die. But for those of us in Christ, that should be a welcome time in our life. Now, I'm not telling you to go run out in front of a bus. But the truth is, is we have victory over death because Christ conquered death. And when Christ conquered death and rose again, he brought eternal life. 
And so for each of us that has accepted that free gift of salvation, we now have victory over death. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord that our, we have eternal life and eternal salvation. Number two, then, we see victory in life. Victory in life. Look at verse 24. He says there that he bringeth forth much fruit. Verse 25, he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. We see we have victory through Jesus Christ, victory in life. See, when I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior, now I'm part of the family of God, and, I'm, I'm, and now to serve God with my life. And what does he say? I'm to die to myself, and then I will understand what it means to have life and to live for God. You see, the truth is, is one of our biggest struggles, and why we struggle in this area of victory is because we're consumed with ourselves. We're so wrapped up in our pride and our self, we want to be better than everybody else because that's the only way we're going to feel good about ourselves. We, we have to have victory in, in, in every aspect of our life or else we're miserable. Why? Because it's all about me and me getting my way and me being promoted and me doing what I want and everybody treating me a certain way. And Jesus is saying, listen, you need to learn to understand. You have to die to yourself. And, and can I say it this way? Life's not all about you. Life never has been all about you. You're not the center of the universe. And we have to come to that realization. And if we come to that point where we die to ourselves, then we will have life. And really the idea is here, we'll be living the life that God wants us to live. And the truth is, he says there in verse number 26, if any man serve me, and really this is what life and victorious life is. It's serving God and serving others. It's serving God and and serving others. You know, I've, I've seen people and even met people that have had uh, great wealth and talent and abilities and they've been treated um, greatly and put on a pedestal here in this life. And you meet people like that and yet you find that a lot of times they're still miserable. People are looking at them and thinking, wow, if I could just have that life. You know, this week there was uh, uh, somebody that, that was famous and just won some award and the very next day they committed suicide. And they were on top of the world and had everything from a material standpoint. And yet they committed suicide and they were living in depression and struggling over what they didn't have. Because, because life is all about them. But you know what I've never met? I've never met somebody, and, and, and maybe I just need to get out a little more, but I've never met somebody that served God with their life and served other people and said, you know what, I, I regretted it. Now, I'm not saying their life wasn't frustrating at times. I'm not saying they, did without, they didn't do without. I'm not saying they didn't have struggles in life. But I've never met somebody that at the end of their life said, man, I wish I would have served other people less. I wish I would have sacrificed less for God and for, for the cause of the gospel. I, I've, see, I've seen a lot of people that live for this world and regret it. But personally, I've never met anybody that sacrificed and served and, and got themselves out of the way and served God and served other people. You see, if you want to truly have victory in life, get over yourself. Because you're going to have failures. You're going to have weaknesses. You're going to have struggles. And if that's what's going to cause you to, to have joy and happiness in life, then you're going to find that a lot of times you're going to be miserable. 
But if you move yourself out of the way and you say, hey, how can I be a blessing to my spouse? How, how can I help my children? How, how can I help the people in my church? How, how can I help the lady at the gas station or at the restaurant where I, where I ate this week? And how can I help people in my community? How can I invest in their life? Then you will truly see and experience what it means to have victory. You see, when we serve God, our world changes. You see, Christ came to, to seek and to save. The Bible tells us he came to not to be ministered unto, but he came to minister. And Jesus says here in this passage, in Christ, when we accept him as our Savior and we understand our life should not be about us, but be about honoring God and serving, then we'll truly understand what it means to have life. Number three, we see victory through prayer. In verse number 27, he begins to pray. He says, now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. We see here Jesus in this hard time of his life, he goes to pray. And, and many of you know the story of the Garden of Gethsemane, where Christ prays and asks for this cup to be removed from him. But he says, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You know, some of the, some of the hardest times in my life where I, I've struggled, there's been times when nobody could help me with those times. Not my wife, not our congregation, not my family. But I just had to go to God. I just had to go to God. And you know, when we're going through hardships and struggles and trials, God cares. I love the song the kids sang this morning. God knows where you are. He knows what you need. He's never going to leave you alone. I mean, what, what great truths we heard this morning through those songs. And listen, when we're struggling in life and we think we're failing, and there's times when there's nobody else that can help us, and maybe there's times we don't even want to be around other people. And, and the moments before his death, in the hardest times of his earthly life and ministry here, Jesus went to God in prayer. You know, sometimes we have to just break down and realize there's nothing that we can do about it. But we have to go, we have to go to God. Can I encourage you with this? God knows right where you are. He knows right what you're going through and he knows what you need. He knows the hurts that you've experienced and he's know, he knows the people that have hurt you. God, God knows all of that. And he wants us to come before him. And that's what we see in the life of Christ, coming before the Father he knew Jesus was going to the, go to the cross. He knew the beating that he was about to take. And Jesus comes to him and he says, I'm troubled now in my soul. Should I pray, Father, not take this from me? He goes, no, but this is your plan. This is your purpose. One thing that I, I think I've learned in life that's helped me a lot with some of this is that my hardships are part of God's plan. And, and I know that's difficult. And you know what? My hardships might not be necessarily what's best for me, but it might be best for you or, what, or be best for somebody else in my life. God might put me through a hardship so that somebody else could be saved or, or so somebody else could be blessed through my life and through my hardship. 
And that's, that's hard for us to understand. But that's where Jesus was. As he comes before God, he says, I'm troubled right now, but I want to do your will. And God, if it's your will for me to go to the cross, I'm going to go to the cross. God, if it's your will for me to, to be hurt, God, that's what I want. God, if it's your will for me to struggle and have a trial in my life, listen, I'm okay with that. Why? Because you're going to go through it with me, and you're going to bring me through it. I trust you in that. And Lord, in this trial and in this difficulty, you're going to work in my life, but maybe more importantly, you're going to work in the lives of other people. And that's what we see, and that's what we should be praying to God. But many, even Christians, they, they, they want to blame God. Why are you doing this? And question him. Well, I can't believe you're allowing this. I, I teach Sunday school. I go to church. I'm, I'm active. I share the gospel. Why, why are you allowing this to happen? I think victory comes through prayer because we show our trust in God. When we go to him and we pray the same thing, Lord, you, Lord, Lord I'm hurting. There's nothing wrong with that. Lord, I'm struggling right now. But Lord, I, I, I want your will to be done. Lord, you know what I'm going through and what I need right now, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm, trusting, I'm trusting in you. Number four, then, we see not only victory through prayer, but we see victory, victory over Satan. We're going to come back to verses 28 and following, but I want you to jump down to verse 31. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And we know from Scripture that the prince of this world is, is Satan. And when Christ went to the cross, he tells us that Satan will be judged. He will be dealt with. And his power over us is no longer. The Bible gives us a picture when we are in sin, when we are in sin, when we're lost without Jesus Christ and we are in our sin, Lord, we are slaves to sin. But when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we, we're set free. And it gives us this picture of freedom. And now we're free to serve God, and Satan's power is no longer over us. You know, we like to blame the devil. Well, the devil made me do it. Let's be honest. Your sinfulness made you do it, all right? That's just the reality of life. Satan has no power over us anymore. Praise the Lord for that. We still deal with our sinful nature, and we still struggle. We know that until we see Christ face to face, we're not going to be perfect and without sin. We know that. But the power that Satan has over us... The Bible talks about for those that, are in, those that are lost in their sin, their father is the devil, and we're under his influence, and we belong to him, basically, is the picture we have. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're set free, and Christ tells us here in verse 31, now is the judgment of this world, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Listen, he's working in this world, but he doesn't have to work in us. If we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're set free. And then number five he says in verse 32 and verse 33, we see that all of this victory and really all victory in life comes through the cross, comes in the cross. He tells us in verse 32, and if I, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Now, a lot of the people in that day had the opportunity to hear Christ preach and teach, and they didn't understand what he was trying to tell them. And so he's laying it out for him right now. I need to go to the cross. I need to go to the cross. And if I go to the cross, I will then offer salvation to all. 
Salvation is offered to all. I love the, the statement he makes here. He says, if I be lifted up from the earth, talking about his death, going to the cross, he says, I will draw all men to myself. Now, rest assured, he does not mean that all men will be saved. But what he's telling us is he has made provision for all men. I, I believe that Jesus died for all humanity. And I do not believe or hold to the concept that's taught of, of limited atonement. But I believe that Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. But I also believe the Bible is very clear that no man comes unto the Father, no man gets saved unless God draws him. And Jesus tells us very clear, if I'm lifted up, if I die, if I go to the cross, if I die for the sins of the world, I will draw all men. In John 6, the Bible tells us that no man, again, comes unless the Father draws him. And this drawing is always used in the Bible as a reference to salvation. And listen, if you're here today, praise the Lord, you have the opportunity to come to a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're here without Christ, you need to be saved and you need to have your sins forgiven. And maybe this is God drawing, drawing you to the cross. And so we have victory in the cross. The salvation that we have only becomes because Jesus went and died for our sins. He paid the penalty that you and I deserved, and he took upon him the wrath of God for our sin. He that was without sin, he that knew no sin, became sin for us so that we could have the righteousness of God in our life. That's what the cross is all about. Jesus died for your sin. He was buried. He rose again, and he offers the free gift of salvation, and that salvation comes because of the cross. It doesn't come because you're a good person. It doesn't come because you go to church. It doesn't come because you, you do some kind of good works or you do good, more good works than bad works. Listen, your even righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. But Christ came and died so that you could have his righteousness in your life. Would you receive that free gift of salvation? There's victory in the cross. There's victory in, then, in, in the light. There's victory in the light. Look at verse 34. He says, the people answered him, we have heard out of the law that Christ or the Messiah abideth forever. And how sayest thou the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? Then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of the light. These things spoke Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. You know, we, we like to question things, and I'm all for questioning things and making sure we're understanding the truth and all of those type of things. Um, but, you know, in our flesh, we're kind of drawn to darkness. And we, we, we kind of like live contrary to, to truth and, and to the light. Um, and that brings problems. Hey, listen, when you disregard the law, it's hilarious. You disregard the law. Maybe you drive 100 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone and the police pull you over and they give you a ticket. And guess what you are? You're mad at the police officer. You're never mad at yourself, but you're mad at the police officer who pulled you over and gave you the ticket. You chose to live in stupidity and now you're suffering the consequences. And really, that's kind of the picture here. When you walk in darkness and you choose to live contrary to the light and to the word of God, and you have these trials and struggles in your life and failures and you suffer the consequences, that's your foolishness. 
And many people live that way. Hey, listen, if I just drink a little more alcohol, if I just do a little more drugs, if I just sleep with more people of the opposite sex, if I'm involved in this immorality or that immorality, I'm going to feel good about myself. But then guess what happens? There's consequences of, of your drunkenness and your drug addiction and, and your immorality and your fornication. And, and I don't understand why my life is this way and why I'm struggling. And, and really, there, it's easy. You've chosen to forsake the word of God and live according to your own flesh and your own desires. There's a different life. But if you choose then to um, serve God and walk in the light and choose to obey God's word and, and to um, protect yourself from immorality and the sinfulness of this world, it's amazing how much, how much life is different. People ask me all the time, listen, I grew up in an unbeliever's home and an and unbelieving lifestyle until I was 16 years old. And then when I was 16, I got saved and, and I've tried to live for God in my life. People say, which life did you like better? Hey, listen, I like both of them. Listen, be, before I was saved, I didn't know better. This was the way I was raised and the way I was taught. And then all of a sudden, I accept Christ as my Savior and I begin to be discipled and taught. And I learned, listen, there's a better life out there. There's a better way to live my life as a believer in Jesus Christ. But what I have to come to the realization is living for God is better than living for the world. Serving God is better than serving myself in my flesh. And Jesus is telling them, you need to walk in the light. You need to understand the truth. And what happens is, is you, you don't understand, and so you go back to the ways of the darkness. And listen, we have multiple books of the Bible that, that teach about people getting saved and then going back to the old way of life. That, that's foolishness. And, and I go back to the old way of life and, and I live contrary to God's word and God's commandments and then I want God to bless me and give victory in my life. It doesn't work that way. God is going to judge sin and there's going to be consequences for sin. And it basically, you read the nation of Israel's history and he says, listen, if you obey me and live for me, then I'll, I'll honor you and bless you. If you don't, then you're gonna have the consequences and the cursings. That's the whole history of Israel, of the nation of Israel. We need to learn from these lessons. And there's victory in living for God and serving God. And this is where the people were. They have Jesus right before them, and he's trying to tell them the truth and what they need to understand. And he says, listen, you have the light right here before you. You can choose to follow it, or you can choose to walk in darkness. There's different results don't expect to live for the world and God to, to bless you and give you victory in life. It doesn't work that way. But that's what many people try to do. And unfortunately, the church has created this mindset. Hey, go to the bars and go party and have your life. You know, Monday through Saturday, just show up on Sunday morning and we'll you know, pray with you and we'll sing some songs and you'll hear the message and go back on and you're, you're great. Listen, it doesn't work that way. The Christian life is that. It's a life. It's who we are in Jesus Christ, not just when we walk into the church, but each and every moment of our life. And God expects us to walk in the light and to serve him. And these people, they were looking for what they wanted. What, they wanted a Messiah that was going to set up a kingdom and protect them from the Roman government. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to have so much more. And so I'm going to go to the cross to give you so much more. Would you come to the place where you understand that? And then finally, and probably the most important point, is what I entitled ultimate victory in this life. Ultimate victory in this life. In verse number 28, Jesus is praying, and he says, Father, 
glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it and said that it uh, thundered and others said an angel spake to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. But notice what he said there. Father, glorify thy name. You see, we will have ultimate victory in our life when we live to glorify God in every situation in our life. It's not about how much I suffer. It's not about how hard I have to work. It's not about how this impacts me. It's not about what people think about me. It's not about what I'm getting out of the situation. It's not about if I'm winning the game or losing the game. It's about, is God glorified through my life? You know, we make a lot of decisions in life. And unfortunately, we make those decisions based off of our own feelings and preferences instead of saying, is God going to be glorified by this decision in my life? We, we do a lot of things. Is this what's best for me? Or what am I going to get out of this? Or is God going to be glorified in this situation? I truly believe that every Christian here would live life in victory if that was your motto. Father, your name be glorified. God, in everything I'm doing, I want you to be glorified. How I raise my children, I want you to be glorified. How I do my job at work, I want you to be glorified. How I treat people, uh, my boss, I want you to be glorified. How I treat my employees, God, I want you to be glorified. How I treat people of the opposite sex, God, I want you to be glorified. Every aspect of our life, God, I want you to be glorified. Because if that's our motto, then we're going to seek out how God can be glorified in those situations. And then we're going to live according to God's plan and God's will for our life. But, but listen, we'll never have victory in life. We might get the applause of men for a moment. We might have a few more dollars or a few things here materially in this world. But listen, those things are all going to fade. True victory is only found through Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we have to come to understand that. True victory is only going to come through Jesus Christ. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are given the righteousness of God in our life. We're made a part of his family. And the motto of our life at that point should be, God, your name be glorified in me. Your name be glorified through me in everything that I do. Hey, God, I'm willing to suffer as long as you're glorified. I'm willing to be hurt by people as long as you're glorified. Hey, I'm willing to go through cancer if your name will be glorified. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do if it means that you're going to be glorified. Do you know that's what Christ was basically telling us here? My heart, my soul's troubled. God, I, Father, I don't know that I want to go to the cross, but I want you to be glorified. So guess what? I'm willing to go to the cross and die for the sins of the world. Hey, listen, we're all going to have losses and struggles in this life. But no one can pluck us out of the hand of God. See, true victory only comes through Jesus Christ. And when I stand before God, when I leave this world, my, my heart's desire is truly that God was glorified by my life. Because then I know I will truly have lived a life of victory. I might be the poorest person in the room. I might have some of the greatest struggles. But as long as God is glorified by my life, 
then I will know. I will live, I have lived a victorious life. What does it mean to have victory in your life for you? What does it mean for you to be victorious in life? Is it the job? Is it the promotion? Is it the paycheck? Is it your kids going to a certain college and growing up and having it, quote unquote, better than you had it? Well, what does it mean for you to be victorious? And listen, none of those things are bad. None of those things are sinful. But if that's what we're living for and that's our focus in life, they become sinful because that's the priority when really God and his glory should be the priority in our life. 